0: Good morning, thank you so much for joining us. Leading edge on the road this week. I'm Jeff Smith, glad to have you with us, sitting here with Chief of Police Toledo, George Crawl, Getting ready to retire and move on to greener pasture. <laughs> we'll talk a little bit Absolutely. about that. Thank you so much for allowing us to come in and sit down with you Oh, My this pleasure, thanks for being here. Tell me, let's start <laughs> off talking about the 24 year old George Crawl. Okay, starting, starting in the force. What does this George Crawl? After all this year, uh, after these many years with the Toledo Police, what does that George Corral say to 24-year-old George Corral and vice versa?
1: I remember the first day of the academy like it was yesterday, December 14th, 1990. We were standing outside of Owens Community College and it was 20 below zero and everybody was freezing and we're like, okay, we're doing push-ups, and okay, is this what the next six months have in store? Fast forward 32 years, I would tell a younger version of me is keep your mouth shut, learn as much as you can from as many people as you can, and every day go out to try to help at least one person.
0: Mm-hmm. And what does that 24-year-old tell his senior, George Groll? Don't
1: ever take a promotional test. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I want to I, I cover a lot of different things with you. Obviously, I've been around here a long time. So names and, and people and places and things that have affected Toledo, Northwest Ohio, and kind of <laughs> reflect with you on that a little bit. One of those people who uh, was such an inspiration to me was Mike Collins. And I, I wanted to kind of take this moment, and as, as we cover so much ground here this morning with you, <coughs> I wanted to go back and talk a little bit about Mike and what, what he was to you, what, what his leadership meant, not only on the force, TPPA, but, but as mayor as well, and bringing you on as chief. I,
1: we, Mike Collins and I went the whole gamut together. When I first was hired on, he was my union president. And he was there representing me and the rest of the patrol officers at that time. As time went on, I got promoted to sergeant and I was in internal affairs, and he would be opposing me in chief's hearing, arguing against me. So we went from working together as a representative and, and a patrolman to foes as a command officer and, and a union president. And then he retired and got uh, elected in as district two council person. So then he became my city council person because I live in district two. And uh, it, it got to the point where city council and the role that I was in at that time at planning a research, I would get statistics for them and information. And um we you know, it just started a a friendship, if you will. I mean it was a professional relationship. It was not like we would go to dinner with our families together. Right. But um, it got to the point where he got elected to mayor and eventually said, you know, I would I would like you to be chief and it we really went through my entire career together and I'll, I'll never forget that morning Sheriff Tharp was going to call a level three snow emergency several hours down because we were going to get a just get hammered with snow. Super Bowl Sunday. It yeah. was Super Bowl Sunday and I stood next to him on the podium at a press conference and when it ended I grew up in, in Boston. I'm a huge Patriots fan. He was just killing me over the Patriots and how we were going to lose. Drove home, got in a Comfortable clothes. Put my feet up to watch the game, and Kamo called and said that he got into a crash. I spent the next ten or twelve hours at the hospital, you know, with mm-hmm. Sandy and and him, and and obviously we know how it ended. Right. So uh, unfortunately, I really only had a month to work for him as mayor. Yeah. He, he promoted me in January of fifteen, and he he passed away in February.
0: Do you do you look back, and for people who maybe are unfamiliar with the the time at, as it was, but Do you look back at that and think, I was surprised he he wanted me to be his chief?
1: I I was. um, When I first got the inclination that that's what he was thinking about, it was weeks and weeks and weeks before um, something really weird happened here. And I said, let me be, I knew he had already been elected. I said, let me be chief for an hour. That's all I want is just an hour so I can make one change. And he says, you're going to be chief a lot longer than an hour. And then I'm like, oh. It kind of hit me. I never said anything obviously. Yeah. So um, it, 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 was, it was just really from day one to the chief of police that he was part of this with me.
0: I appreciate you kind of going back and talking about that. We have seen so many changes. and I want you to take me into the police force a little bit as far as policing. Help me understand, help the viewers understand how things have changed over the years, because in so many industries, we see a softening, right? The culture is so important as far as how people are treated, how people are spoken to, spoken with, addressed. How has policing changed? Has it had to change? Or is there still that need to have that drill sergeant mentality? Because at the end of the day, you're sending officers out into the streets DEALING WITH LIFE OR DEATH SITUATIONS. DOES THAT MAKE SENSE? IS THAT FAIR? IT it MAKES
1: COMPLETE SENSE, AND POLICING HAS CHANGED 180 DEGREES FROM WHEN I FIRST CAME ON. YOU'RE RIGHT. THERE ARE TIMES WHEN THERE'S SOMETHING HAPPENING RIGHT NOW WHERE IF WE GET CALLED TO A SCENE AND IT'S CHAOS AND CHAOTIC AND THERE'S LIFE AND DEATH IMPLICATIONS, Mm -hmm. WE HAVE TO TAKE CHARGE. AND that's THAT'S WHEN WE START YELLING AND BARKING OUT ORDERS. We've also changed by necessity when you because say of,
0: we as far as meaning the police. Okay, but I but also those who are in higher positions or you're just saying everybody takes in general, on that role. Though, has to.
1: They have to. Yeah. And ninety nine percent of the time it's the street officers, a the patrolman. There's more uh, patrolmen than there are command, and when they get to a scene and it's going south quickly. That's when they get into, I'm in charge here and you're going to do what I say. Mm-hmm. Once the scene is diffused and taken care of, then we'll start talking and figure out what's going on. But we don't have the, the latitude of saying, well, come on, everybody, let's stop. You no, know, put the gun down. You know, don't point that gun at someone. You know, put the knife down. That's when you know a, a lot of folks get upset when they see officers kind of start yelling and, and being authoritative. We have to to save lives. And then when everything is calmed down, that's when we amp it down a little bit and figure out what's going on. Now, when I came on... There were no radios in cars, there were no computers in cars, there were no cameras. We had to use our portable radios to communicate. Yeah. So now, fast forward to now, this the, these patrol vehicles are officers' offices. They have the cameras, they have radios, they have computers, they have printers. It it has everything that they need to be successful out there without having to come back to the building. Sure. And our profession is dictated by laws and legislation. So, whenever the Supreme Court comes down with a decision or a local legislation comes down with something, you know we have to change the way we do things, and, and rightfully so. I mean, this profession, and nothing against accountants, if there's an accountant watching this, but it, that profession pretty much stays static in mm. the same same procedures throughout history. The police department has changed 180 degrees, and it will continue to change and evolve as court decisions come down, as new equipment and technology is introduced, and and it should, and
0: it rightfully should. I was just gonna ask you that. For the better, uh, do you look at it as these are changes that needed to
1: happen? It, it, it does. Uh, a, lot, a lot of times, at the moment, we scratch our heads and say, I don't get it. And there are some new rules and regulations and laws that may not make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but the lion's share of them, the, the later on when things start to calm down, uh, people understand the utility
0: of the change. When well, we come back here on Leading Edge, we're gonna talk more to Police Chief George Crawl as he gets ready to retire here from the Toledo Police Force. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Welcome back here on this Sunday. So glad to have with us Toledo Police Chief George Crawley as we took Leading Edge on the road this week, coming to you from police headquarters. Chief, thank you so much once again for joining us. We talked a little bit, historically speaking, going back a little bit when we started our first segment. I want to talk to you about positions you've held here. And I understand there's only one that you have not held. Is that correct? Uh, one that I wanted
1: that I didn't hold. Yes, I I always wanted to be on our SWAT team. I put in for it twice and I didn't get it, so I figured someone's telling me something. So I decided to to go a different route. What
0: was what was the draw to that? To, I was I the, was in was the interest. Was it? It intrigue? was.
1: The training is fantastic. The equipment that they have is fantastic. Um, the camaraderie of being that type of high entry dynamic team. Um, really appealed to me. I I was in the service before I came on the police department, so I'm like, okay, I I would like to give this a shot, but um, fate told me otherwise. Yeah.
0: Over the last few weeks, obviously the last few months, last few years, a lot of focus on violent crime. Um, Just this past couple of weeks, you've been at city council. You've talked about, statistically speaking, Mm. violent crime here in Toledo has gone down. Why doesn't it feel like it?
1: don't take this the wrong way but the media Uh, you turn on any newscast whether it be local national international the first two stories after the weather is violent crime whether something happened recently or something happened a week ago it just seems to be rehashed and rehashed and rehashed so people out there watching the news sees that and then they look at their phone and everything is about violent crime whether if it's on facebook whether it's true or not it, it just keeps getting pounded into people's heads and it appears that things are worse than they really are. Now, now don't get me wrong, our level of homicides are still unacceptably high, but we're trending in the right direction. You know, as of that that city council meeting, our homicides were down almost 10 percent. Our overall shootings are down 35 percent. So yes, and, and I understand the victims and loved ones, the the loved ones of the victims rather, they're they're suffering and they're in pain and they want us to do something and I completely appreciate that and understand it and I, I don't want anyone to think that hey we're down 10 percent we're good uh, we're never gonna stop you know we're gonna continue looking at new programs new initiatives that we can do to reduce those crimes and and I, I really think over the next few years you're gonna see uh, the, the violent crime continue to trend down
0: I have to I have to say we, we have this conversation a lot in the newsroom about what is our job, what is our role, right? And I'm sure you go through the same thing sometimes, but we focus on the abnormal. Mm-hmm. That, that usually is what, if, if everything was normal, people wouldn't probably be interested, they wouldn't pick up the paper, they want to read about <laughs> the things that they don't experience in their everyday life. Right or wrong, that's what we're seeing. Right, we're seeing a little bit more the abnormal. I've had people come to me, chief, and I grew up in this town, and they've said, "This isn't the town I grew up in. There's Mm -hmm. a different element. There seems to be a different element." Are those conversations happening
1: here? Of, of course. And, you know, I I know this is the convenient scapegoat, but COVID really has done a number on this country. If you look pre-COVID numbers, Toledo would average thirty to thirty-one homicides a year, and then COVID hits. And it, it, it put our nation into a place it hasn't been in, in a century. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't be with your friends. You can't go out to dinner. You can't go to the movies. You can't. We're not meant to do that. We're social beings. And I think that, with the mandates and, and everything else, I think people just may have lost it a little bit. And I think now that things are starting to, to calm down, I, I think we're starting to see. The, the normalcy come back to society. And, and I hear it all the time. You know, people say, I, I, live, I live in XYZ and I used to be able to go to sleep with my car unlocked and my doors unlocked. I get it, mm-hmm. I, it's frustrating. Um, my house has been broken into, you know, my vehicles have been broken into my garage. I, I understand what it feels like to be a victim like that. Um, but it's just, I really think that COVID was the perfect storm to start this and you couple that with the george floyd murder and the the summer of protests and riots it just really threw this country into into a a really bad place
0: violence interrupters as it came on turning into save our community but as you look at that program think about that program as you're getting ready to leave this position what did it do did it serve its purpose did it do what 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 was intended how much more is there still to be done? You think?
1: Um, you know, it's really hard to say because it, how do you quantify a shooting that didn't happen? I mean, how do you say because of because of these the interrupters? We don't know what we, did we to don't stop. know exactly. Now they've done a, a great job, and I think that program is going to continue to evolve as time
0: goes on. Uh, is, I, let me ask you something. I hope this is a fair question. Everybody's begging for Block Watch. Is that not? Uh, just another form of block watch? No. Okay. No. It's different.
1: It's different. The, these interrupters are actually out there in the in the neighborhoods, um, talking with potential, not just you know victims of crime, saying, hey, you know, retaliation and retribution isn't the best course of action right now. You know, providing services to try to, you know, maybe stop something from happening in the future, and what I think is going to really help. the the interrupters in in Save Our City is, uh, you know, Mercy is gonna be involved a little bit in the private sector because I think if you look at other successful programs, it's kind of more of a healthcare, Mm -hmm. you know, this reducing violence is more of a a public health issue rather than a law enforcement issue, which is completely correct. And I think a a large institution like Mercy Health, if they get involved more, um, which I believe is the plan, it's gonna really help tweak that program.
0: I had somebody the other day say to me, they're like, why, we, we hear snitches get mm-hmm. whatever, but <laughs> why doesn't anybody take it on themselves to say snitches get riches? Because you're, all, you're always offering <laughs> <laughs> right. reward money for you know, information. It,
1: I promise you, of the homicides that are unsolved right now, a dozen people know who killed each of those those victims, and I understand that acrimino you know, stitches get you know snitches get stitches and blah blah blah. But there has to be a time where we, as a community, say, I'm done. You know, we have we're having our brothers, our sisters, our cousins being killed in the streets. And yeah, I, I know, I know Joe Blow did it, but I'm not going to say anything. There has to be a time where I'm like, no, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna draw the line in the sand and i'm going to do the, the right thing and we have we have things here that we can help keep people safe you know this crime stoppers is, is completely anonymous there's not a person in the city who doesn't know someone who wears a badge that they can say hey i know what's going on but i'm afraid for my safety and we'll do we have mechanisms in place that we can help keep people safe
0: chief stay right there we've got our final segment coming up and in, in that last five minutes I'm going to. Throw some things at you fast. Just one word answers, and we're going we're gonna to have you put your thinking cap on when we come back. Stay with us. Leading Edge comes back right after this. Welcome back once again here on Leading Edge. Thank you so much for spending some time with us this week, as well as Toledo Police Chief George Crawl. As we talk about retirement, heading to what what is what is next? Can we say that? Um,
1: I don't know. Um, I'm talking with with an organization that. Could be a, a good match for me, and uh, I'm hopeful.
0: Something you've done in the past? No, it fit something familiar to you. It's
1: it's familiar, but nothing yeah. nothing re- regarding you know law enforcement. Yeah. Um, so if that happens, great. I I would love it. Stay tuned. I, I, stay tuned. <laughs> if not, you know I have a one-year-old grandson that um, I would love to. To spoil and teach how to play bad golf like his grandpa, so <laughs> it,
0: it, we'll see what happens. Teach him how to barbecue and smoke. Hey, he already knows. Yeah. We, we've okay. already started that. Gotcha. <laughs> uh, I wanted to throw some some quick thoughts to you and just gut reaction. Just hear hear what you think. So I'm going to throw a couple of things at you here. Gun legislation.
1: We need to enforce what we have. That's that's my biggest take on that. Um, we have we have sufficient gun laws on the books um, once we start enforcing them and get the people who are should not ha- be having these guns uh, in prison where they belong um, that'll that'll help curb violence um, a lot of gun legislation is out there that that let's be perfectly honest the criminal element isn't going to pay attention to what laws just passed that's that's does nothing more than hurt the, the, common, the common person. We need to start vigorously enfor- enforcing the laws that we already have in the books.
0: Gun buybacks?
1: Any gun off the street is a good gun for me. Mm-hmm. Statistically they haven't worked, they, there's no real benefit of them, but any time that we can take a gun off the street whether it's a 1941 Ruger or a brand new Glock 9mm, I'm for.
0: Wade caps cabbage.
1: The best mayor I've worked for, obviously take Mike Collins out of the, the mix because it was only for a month. Um, his dad's a former police officer, so he understands it. Um, regardless of what people may think of him uh, in the community and in the department, he's backed, he's backed me and he's, he's supported me in everything I've done here.
0: Rudy's Hot Dogs.
1: Good, except no sauce. <laughs> I'm not a sauce on him on Hot Dogs Guy.
0: Well, then I have to say Tony Paco's to the contrary.
1: Chicken pauperkash. Okay,
0: uh, downtown Toledo.
1: The best I've seen in 33 years.
0: Lagrange Village
1: needs 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 um, more. It needs more attention. That was my. TLC? Uh, yes, it needs. That's the district I worked when I was a patrolman, a sergeant, a lieutenant, and that's like my second home is Lagrange Street corridor. And I I think when you see the the downtown booming so well, that's going to start resonating out into the old south end, the north end, uh, jump across the river to the east side. Kind of a
0: ripple effect. Yes. Tasers.
1: Any less than lethal tool that I can provide my officers, I'm for.
0: The Toledo Police Department.
1: The best in the country.
0: Metal detectors in schools.
1: A sad necessity.
0: Why do you say that? Because, because administrators, they're not in the same, they I know. don't think that way.
1: Well. Every day we see kids coming to school with guns for whatever reason, and kids are in a school to be safe and to learn. And if we can make sure, if a metal detector keeps someone from bringing an illegal gun or a knife to school, then I'm all for them. Our youth.
0: Our future. Chief, thank you so much for spending some time with
1: us. My pleasure.
0: We'll be right back right after this. Once again, we want to say thank you to the Toledo Police Department as well as Toledo Police Chief George Krall for spending some time with us here on Leading Edge. By the way, if you missed any point of our interview, you can go back and check it out on our YouTube channel. Chief, continued good luck and good health. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thanks. Absolutely. And we'll see you next time here on Leading Edge.